disclaimer, we know nothing really about Formula One. Sometimes we make wild accusations and wild ideas based on only what we think might be true. I like to be very clear in the fact that we are not experts and we have no idea what we're talking about. Welcome to F1 Purple Rain with me, Dom, and... And me, Ryan. As we talk about, well, let's call it uh, the British Grand Prix, the Upside Down. Wow, what a weekend we have got to discuss. But first, let's uh, catch up a little bit. How has your week been? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Usual, mate. Just uh, working away and then drinking. <laughs> seems to be my life now, so... Uh, every, been out, like every weekend for the past like six or seven weeks so yeah it's been good just yeah, it's, it's, a, few, a few beers it's interesting because you make fun of me every week for saying that i drink too much so yeah but i don't get i don't get drunk during the podcast so well that's uh that's not gonna happen anymore <laughs> heard it here first heard it here first dom's gonna be sober <laughs> yeah i learned i learned i learned from that already i think uh i think i need to keep it pretty straight from now on so, uh, well, don't ask me about my week. I wasn't going to. <laughs> so, how's your week been, though? Uh, yeah, right. So, phenomenal, riveting <laughs> as always, riveting. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's talk about a little bit about the news, um, which Ryan likes to call Dom's news time. Boop, boop, boop. News time. News time with Dominic Nicholas. Well, to be honest, the biggest news this week uh, is, let's say, racism and homophobia. <laughs> probably, probably no need to laugh after I said homophobia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just I'm not laughing at uh, the idea of racism and homophobia. I just, um, I'm, I just can't believe we're in a world where this is still a problem. I know it's 2022, and there's still a problem with racism and homophobia. It's an absolute joke. I mean, the fact that it's that it's came from an ex-driver as well, you know, just puts the, the the sport in a bit of disrespect. It's it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I just uh, I also can't believe uh, what he's said, and I mean, it, it, the, from from what I understand, it was said a long time ago, but that obviously doesn't excuse you, does it, for for the comments? But... No, no, because at first it was just a racist comment, and then more footage was found where he added the homophobia part to it as well. And it's just like, what, like, what are you doing? Like, why? Like, it's just a bastard. And obviously, as a podcast, we don't definitely agree with what he said. I hope that he gets the uh, necessary punishment that comes his way. Well, maybe they give his citizen Brazilian sh- citizenship to Hamilton and re- revoke his. <laughs> yeah, and ban him from everywhere. He, he should definitely be banned from ever entering the F1 paddock ever again. Well, I don't think he'd be welcome. But what is really interesting, a bit of controversy. Have you heard the rumours that um, apparently Red Bull are worried that he has uh, dirt on them and now he's under all this heat from his comments, he's going to come out and say something? Really? Like uh, dirt on what? Dirt on on Abu Dhabi? Yeah, on Abu Dhabi. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean... Uh, Just just when you think we may have got past Abu Dhabi and forgot it and just let it slip. No. Uh, No. But it's interesting that uh, the conspiracy theorists believe it's interesting that Red Bull came out and made a weird statement about they think Massey was in the wrong on the decision from Abu Dhabi. I mean, I don't, we don't want to keep talking about Abu Dhabi, but it is interesting, the timing from Red Bull. So it's uh, a weird time to come out and say that they don't think they should win the championship. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. I did see that was strange. And um, it's been a tough week for Red Bull, obviously. An ex-driver who is a stepdad of Max Verstappen because he's with his daughter. And then... Their junior driver has also came out and said racist comments. Yeah, they've now let him go. So is it Yuri Vips? Am I, yeah, am I Yuri, right? yeah, Yuri Vips. But Red Bull let him go. But the F2 team or F3 team, I can't remember which one, uh, as I said, they let him race the rest of the season. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that he was racing. So, yeah, interesting. Um, just a weird week. Like, I was not expecting all this weird drama. And did you see also Marco's come out and said, um, Helmut Marco's come out and said some interesting comments about Mercedes. Like, he's genuinely worried. Oh, he... Good God. I mean, even when they should be fighting Ferrari, Red Bull always seemed to have a little hard on for Mercedes, even when you think they shouldn't. 
It's like they're not even challenged, like challenging them properly. I know. Still Mercedes, 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 Mercedes. But he's come out and said, if you look at their fastest, uh, they if you look over every race weekend, Mercedes has been faster in during the race at some point by quite some distance. And when they unlock how to keep that pace throughout the entire race weekend, they're going to run away with the championship. And I'm thinking, run away with the championship. Have you looked at the points? Yeah. Like- <laughs> Like, what do I think's happened? Like, Mercedes is going to just show up and just win, every, get a one-two every race now. Exactly. Well, based on the DNFs that uh, Red Bull and Ferrari are having, maybe, maybe. Heard yeah. it here first. Heard it here first. But to be fair, that they all the whole paddock have said that once Mercedes unlock that car, it's going to be dangerous. Like, so yeah, it, maybe soon it's going to be they'll actually get it fixed and well let's see because they've come out and said like if we don't sort it this weekend then we're going to bin this car and focus on next year and i'm thinking they've said that for the last two races and i'm thinking we've not quite fixed it (laughs) so let's see any any more news before we move on no that's it that's it from dom's news just racism homophobia and conspiracy boom thank you for that news time dom that was that was that was lovely great as always so let's talk about qualifying and i have to say a mixed wet qualifying where it gets dry then more wet then more dry i couldn't ask for anything more yeah it was uh, it was interesting qualifying because 10 minutes before qualifying it just started to absolutely lash down classic british weather sunny one minute and then boom rain out of nowhere yeah and that definitely made it far more interesting yeah, it was brilliant. I've, I really enjoyed it because people didn't know what tyre to be on. People were trying different things. It was all about who was on the track at the right time. That's exactly what you want from a wet uh, qualifying or a wet race. I mean, it's what's annoying when you watch bloody Spa. Uh, when you watch Spa last year, they just red flag everything, which was like, oh, this is the worst type of wet race. But this was uh, yeah, really good, really interesting. Some winners and losers. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um... Just want to say before we get on to it that the Mercedes are on their third different floor <laughs> for this qualifying, which is great. Hopefully this floor will do better. They said there's going to be over 400,000 people here. Yeah, it was a sellout crowd. Yeah, which is, which is good this year because it seems to be after COVID, every track's a sellout. Yeah, and I, I've noticed that when I've tried to buy tickets to go to one of the events, it's been impossible. Yeah, we were looking at um at Hungary as well there, and it's um, sold out. Yeah, uh, in that, in uh, on that news, before we get into the qualifying, I will be at the Austrian Grand Prix doing interviews with the fans. So please keep an eye out for me. I'll be there uh, making some funny interviews with some of the Orange Army and anyone else that's there. And um, we'll obviously have that on the podcast the week after. But uh, keep an eye out for me because F1 Purple Rain is going to be at the Austrian Grand Prix. So happy days. So I hope, I really hope Dom just dresses like Ted per shorts. Jesus sandals. Yeah, pair of shorts, notebook in his hand, big headphones on, a mic, and talks to every single person he can. Oh, the yeah. thing I'm worried about is how drunk are you going to get? I'm not drinking because uh, it's a one day event. So I'll be driving down and driving back. So I will be sober and doing interviews. But you'll see professional F1 Purple Rain interviewee and interviewer. I'm going to, you'll see me there. I'll have a camera crew. A mate with me, <laughs> uh, also filming uh, for the YouTube, but I'll also be making interviews uh, by audio and some questions and some funny stuff with the fans. Yeah, look out for me. I'll be around. Unbelievable. And then hopefully this gives us the exposure that we need to ramp up more listeners and get more people following us. Yeah. So qualifying. Q2, the rain got worse. Q3, the rain got worse again. It was all about being on the track at the right time. Should we do the rundown? Yes, let's do the rundown, Dominic. I'll do 20-11, yeah. Yeah, sure, I'll do 20-11. And I'll start. So, P20, Lance Stroll, dreadful qualifying from, from, what, people, from what some people just, uh, describe as a master driver in the rain. Yeah. But Team Canada co-captain finishes 20th, so that, that Aston Martin just does not look good in the rain. No, that really shocked me, actually, because I was thinking... When they, you know, normally when you have a slower car, you can you can sort of make your way up the field a little bit in wet conditions, and they just look poor, which makes me think the 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 aero package is really not on point. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't wasn't great, wasn't great for them. Um, and then nineteenth, Mick Schumacher again, pretty poor performance in the rain, just didn't look like he had any 
any real confidence in getting that car around that track, which is a shame. The 18th, again, Sebastian Vettel, a guy who we all know is great in the rain. Yeah. And it's just, it just goes to show that Alastair Martin, again, just has nothing, doesn't have anything. No, exactly. I mean, I was shocked. Like you said, he won his maiden win in the rain. So it's a shame. Aston Martin, I was hoping, would jump up at the back a little, but let's see what they can do in the race. Moving on, 17th, another Haas, Kevin Magnussen, just, just wasn't quick enough. Again, another car that doesn't look great in the rain. You know, the Haas and the Aston Martin just punching up the back of the field. Probably, you'd say, probably the two worst teams in the rain this season, them two cars. Yeah. Just haven't been great at all. Um, 16th, surprisingly, Alex Albon, I qualified by his teammate, which you will cover later on, but he had all the upgrades this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. He's got all the all the new parts. So Alex Albon has all the new parts and he qualifies 16th. Now, not unless he just couldn't get them new parts working together and fired up or their new upgrades just haven't worked, you know, but it's again, it, it was in the rain, so it's always really hard to tell how your upgrades are going to be. Because ideally they wanted to be a dry qualifying and a dry practice and a dry race to get see how well their upgrades are going. Fifteenth, another poor performance from a driver you would expect better of. Esteban Ocon just didn't have the sound of the pace at all, and he uh, he looks he just looked slow. Yeah, I mean, quite off his teammate. It, uh, I just don't understand. I thought he would be like you said. I thought he'd be much higher up the grid. Yeah, he's he's quite a consistent qualifier, is Esteban. So it was a really poor weekend, really poor Saturday for him. Uh, and another driver who I'm getting to lose words to describe what's going on with his career this season, uh, Danny, Danny Ricardo. Like, well, I would like to weigh in here and say that is where I expect him. Yeah, <laughs> I think we can't we can't keep expecting he's going to be up with the Norris anymore. I think we actually need to ad- admit that that's about where I expect him now. We're about fourteenth, yeah, every, every and it's, race, and it's, it's a shame. It's a real shame, but. He just has no pace, no pace at all, and it's hard to watch for the guy that's so likable and so talented. Maybe he shouldn't have threw that that ball in Lone Norris's face. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe uh, that's what done. If you haven't seen it, guys, please have a check online or on YouTube. There's a funny video of them on space hoppers. <laughs> Ricardo turns around at full pelt and smashes Norris in the face, nearly knocks Un- him out. Unbelievable, and then like. Reacts as if it was a mistake. He was like, oh, yeah. oh no. Um, 13th, Yuki Sonoda. I guess probably probably where I expected him to be. Yeah. 13th, did again, just didn't look like he had any real pace in the rain. You know, there's not really much more to say about Yuki. You know, Gasly is back on it. Uh, in 12th place, Bottas, which is probably the best Bottas could do, considering at one point he says he couldn't even see. <laughs> And it was interesting listening to the, to the commentary during qualifying during the rain where Martin Brundle was like, you know, there's no visors in these cars. There's no, like, they're, like there's no, like, screen. It's actually their, like, their helmet and then nothing. Yeah. They have no other protection. And then he, he said sometimes in the rain, if it rains that heavy, you can't even see your own steering wheel. He just keeps keep thinking, keep thinking, how do these drivers actually do this when at one, if at one point it rains too much, they can't even see their own steering wheel? Like, 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 there's Bottas driving probably about 150 miles an hour going, I can't see. <laughs> like, I, can't, I can't even imagine. And the amount of information they have now in their steering wheel, like this, like all the messages they get through it and they just can't even see anything. It's just like... Yeah, I can't. It, it's, it's unbelievable. But interesting to see that he was out-qualified by his teammate, so he didn't make it out of the top 10. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. it's strange about us, another good solid qualifier, but unfortunately, outside the top 10. Then 11th, Pierre Gasly. Probably the best he could have done, getting eleven for Fazalfatari. Again, another car that doesn't seem to be fulfilling its uh, potential. You know, if you look at last season's results for Alfatari, this season's been a disaster. You'd say. Yeah, no, definitely, because they were like at points you would say best of the rest. They looked like yeah. they well, I mean, they finished on the podium, so yeah, and then they were scoring good consistent points. There, it's like Alpine have took their place this year. Yeah, it definitely. So <clears throat> at least we with. 10 to 1. 10 to 1, yeah. Well, first of all, I'd like to... Nicholas Latifi. I have to say my hat, I tip my hat to you. That is after all the abuse we've given you (laughs) in all 10 episodes and bonus episodes of this podcast as one of Team Canada's um, top performing crash artists in the rain, he got into Q3. 
And I have to say, even though it's 10th, it's a great, great result. And uh, really, hats uh, hats off to you. That's amazing. And I, I wouldn't, I would have bet on anything in the world that not happening. Yeah, I, I honestly couldn't believe it when I was like, okay, so he's out of Q, I was like, okay, he's out of Q3. Okay. <laughs> oh, so out of Q1 then, I was like, Ooh, okay, now he's in Q2. I was like, okay, okay, this is interesting. And then I was like, hold on, is he 10th? And he was quite some. Uh, he was quite some way. Like for the cutoff, I believe was point seven. So he was like comfortably in. It wasn't like it was. Uh, you were yeah. splitting a tenth. He was like point seven in. And then, he, and then he'd done the classic small team who somehow get in the top ten where they didn't go out for ages, and then right. settle up. And he was like twenty. He's like twenty two seconds slower. And you're like <laughs> just out there, just out there for the drive. Like woo! I am tenth. Yeah, I do love it when they do that. When this small team just gets in and they just they only set the one lap and it's a waste of time. Yeah, it's like oop, they're just happy to be there. I thought they might get rid of that because now they can choose the tire anyway, and it's a wet uh, anyway. Yeah. It's wet anyway, but I, normally they go out just to see, but they don't want to. Um, they want to pick their starting tire. But yeah, interesting, really interesting. But yeah, congratulations! I think it's a huge, huge effort. I mean, let's see if he can hold on to it. It's all about damage limitation. If he can hold on to a point or not, but. Because he's got a lot of faster cars behind him. Then uh, Joe Guan Yu in at ninth. Uh, also a great qualifying, I think. I mean, he out-qualified Bottas by some distance, got into Q3. I mean, he, it's been a bit of a switch reversal uh, this weekend with uh, the Bad Back Awards. So we will bring the uh, top list and have a, a proper look at who's got the Bad Back Awards at the moment. But let's say, uh, great result, Joe Guan Yu. Uh, in at eighth, George Russell just uh, couldn't really get it together, to be honest. He just struggled he had a couple of quick uh, laps throughout the sessions but um i think also just on the track at the wrong time but he made a little mistake in his final lap and obviously the final lap was when you make the uh it all makes the difference because that's where you finally finish everyone's setting faster mm. laps and if you don't set one faster you get you keep getting knocked down the pack so yeah definitely not definitely where mercedes thought they'd be no 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 much further off alonso i mean you cannot write him off he's a fox uh like we said already we think it's one of the next best cars so he was out qualified by norris which is probably a worse car but yeah i mean Lonzo, even though it's seventh it's still sturdy if you consider ferrari rebel and mercedes he's he's right in there right in there to mess up the weekend for hamilton probably again so no really good result from alonso he's i mean the oldest man on track he's raced the most kilometers uh in formula one ever uh, which I saw some stats at the weekend. It was like he's uh, he's done the equivalent of driving a quarter of, of the way to the moon or two and a half times around the world just in yeah. a race car. I see that and I was like, wow. I was like, unbelievable. Like, phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, and he doesn't look like he's losing any racecraft. So, and he's I mean, also, you have to not forget he took some time out of f1 and normally you sort of lose a little bit when you when you're not in the car but he yeah obviously kept racing in other uh disciplines but yeah he's great great and uh, sturdy so in at six we have uh lando norris yeah i mean he really catapulized oh my god not capitalized cat- <laughs> jesus cat- like, catalyzed cat- caterpillar caterpillarized <laughs> yes he caterpillarized into six flicks cap Capitalized. Yeah, I mean, great result from McLaren. That is definitely where their car... Uh, in at six, Lando Norris. Uh, great result for him. I definitely capitalised. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, that's a great result. McLaren definitely shouldn't be uh, that high up, I don't think. Not with the car no. they've got. So Brilliant really, drive. Really good drive. Really maximised. I should use the word maximised. It's easier for me, clearly. Uh, definitely maximised the potential and got on the track at the right time. Uh, team made a really the right call. In at five, I have to say, I thought he was going to be on the front row because he was looked. He was like second quickest in Q1, second quickest in Q3. and uh, uh, Sorry, Q2. And then in Q3, just uh, wasn't on the track at the right time. He looked on fire right up until the end and then just got pipped because people were still out on track. Yeah. Um, was unfortunate. Yeah, he looked really quick. Um, I know he gets a lot of. Uh, you bring something extra to the race weekend when he's racing at Silverstone, his home track. He just there's a more there's a different energy to Hamilton, and uh, I love it. It's just great to watch. I hope that continues in the race. But unlucky, I thought I thought he could have got on the front row for sure. 
Uh, Sergio Perez pipped Hamilton right at the end, um, just on the track at the right time, but also sturdy. I mean, when it comes to Red Bull looking for a second driver, he is exactly what they were looking for. Yeah. He is maybe not as quick on his day, as quick as Max, but he's uh, confident, he's reliable, he's sturdy, he brings in the points, and when Max has a bad day, Perez is always there. And um, yeah, just sturdy from Perez. Great work. Leclerc uh, in at number three. Yeah, not his day. He just uh, couldn't get to grips with the wet. He had a mistake in his in his final lap, which also cost him being probably on pole. Uh, normally, when he's on a fast lap, he's untouchable, but um, he couldn't just couldn't deal with the changing uh, changing climates. But uh, be interesting to see how that pans out in the race because he's he's quick. Then Max Verstappen in at P two. Yeah, interesting. Uh, he also had a spin that messed <laughs> messed up. He also had a spin that messed up his lap. And it just frustrates me. I mean, you can either say it's lucky or you can say it's pure talent. But the amount of times Max Verstappen does a perfect 360 and stays on track and never hits a barrier, it's unbelievable. And just go uh, go through the archives on YouTube. You'll see what I mean. Luck or talent, I'll let you guys decide. But uh... he, was, he was absolutely pushing it to the edge because he was obviously raging that he wasn't wearing pole. And the thing that annoyed me the most about his spin, his spin was when Horner came out and said, "Oh yeah, you know he did a he did a three sixty spin, but he was still only ended up two seconds behind the fastest lap, like trying to like just egg him up even more." It's like, yeah, yeah, he was still only two seconds behind, but he still spun the car in a three sixty for no reason at all, yeah. and he went off a track at one point as well. Yeah, he was absolutely pushing it, and then Horner was like, "Oh well, Leclerc's spin and yellow flag is the only reason why um, Verstappen wasn't on pole." They just love bigging him up, and that's what's really hard to swallow. Is they won't they won't admit that he has a bad day. I'm like, please, he spanned the car. If he'd hit the wall, it, it's always like it's someone else's mistake. He is untouchable. He doesn't make mistakes. He's too perfect. I'm like, like that's are you being serious? That's really hard to swallow. Like, please give it give it a rest. He's not he's not God. Jesus Christ. It's embarrassing. I can't stand it. But okay, like I said, lucky or talent, you decide. But yeah, P2. And he was doing the opposite. Everyone else was building their laps up, slowly working out the um, where the grip was and slowly building up and building up and building up. Verstappen's uh, like tactic is completely the opposite. He goes out full force until he spins and realizes, okay, I can't go that fast on that corner. So, I mean, you can say you say one uh, tactic is better than the other. You, you can sort of decide, but it didn't work out for poles, so... Yeah, well, he is one of the greatest drivers to ever race in the rain, isn't he? So, if you decide, you, you take what you want from that. And finally, in number one, Carlos Sainz. And also, I'll give him a little round of applause. His yes, first, well done, Carlos. First ever poll. We've also given him a lot of stick, but no. Definitely was going to come at some point, um, being in one of the fastest cars. But yeah, really great job. He slowly built up his um, times. And he came out and said afterwards, wow, I didn't expect that was going to be pole. It felt terrible. <laughs> yeah, because he was, he, he was really, he wasn't really anywhere. Like at one point he was eight in Q3 and you're like, okay, it's kind of science has a bit of work to do. And they just said an absolute storm and lap, which he said himself was slow. You're like, mate, fair play. Like what a, what a lap to get pole at Silverstone. Your first ever pole in his 150th race and he's the 104th different pole sitter. So congratulations to him. Yeah, fantastic, honestly, and uh, good for him. Let's see what happens in the race with that. So, Ryan, that is the rundown of the Formula One 2022 British Grand Prix qualifying. Nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. Sorry, I'm a bit, uh, uh, I on there. I was a bit tired this morning. No problem. No problem. <laughs> Where the hell do we even begin, Dom, to talk about this race? I honestly, I honestly don't know. I, to be honest, I was... I had my fingers crossed that it was going to be a wet race. But you know what? I, um, I've i never been so happy that it was dry. <laughs> it was yeah, dry. like that was possibly, I'll say it now, that was the best race of the season. Oh, even, even if you take out all the DNFs, the driving from some of the drivers at the front was sensational. Like there was, there were four abreast at the start, two Red Bulls, two Ferraris. They were clipping each other. They all got they all got bits and pieces of damage. They were going through. There was double overtakes. There was people. There was cars fighting each other that you would never see fighting each other in a race. It just had everything. 
it had people protesting it had <laughs> it had a red flag it had safety car it had it, it, everything that you would have wanted from a race yeah. maybe not maybe not the crash you know no one wants to see stuff like that i mean luckily this i mean first of all i completely agree best qual- uh, grand prix of the season i know i would even go further back and say one of the best i've seen in the last 12 months is a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic race. Uh, touching on the crash, yeah, I mean, luckily he's okay, <laughs> but that was that I've never seen anything like that in a long time. Halo saved his life, hundred yeah. percent. And it wasn't even the first crash this weekend. There was one in F two where the a car ended up on top of another car, like, and the Halo saved his life. And you're like, like, how is this happening? Like, I have never seen like about my my years watching F one a car be that upside down. For that long at that speed, yeah. Normally they roll, but because it was in the gravel, it uh, well, yeah, it, it just skidded on the on its roof for a long, long distance. Have you seen the video footage from the fans? That's crazy. Where they're yeah, like, it's yeah. coming right at them, and they're like, start running out of their way. It's it's mental because it's all down because Russell gets a really poor start. Yeah, goes on, you get to goes on, you get a really good start, and then Gasly gets. Class starts from him from behind, and he goes in between. Yeah. But then, like Russell moves over, obviously doesn't see Gasly there. Yeah, Gasly clips Russell. Russell then goes over and clips the back of goes on used car. But then, for some reason, used car flips straight away. Yeah, must have been the angle of like the wig and the wheel. Yeah, and he flips him straight away, and he literally boom right over, and then just on the top of his car, you can see like the halo is literally the only thing that's saving him. Yeah, because the whole top of the car where the camera is and the sensors are at the top, that's all gone. That's that's disintegrated. Yeah, but and I then thought... his halos just screwing right across. I always used to think that yellow where the camera is that is a structural point of the car, so they don't. So, do you know what I mean? Because it's so high. If the car was ever upside down on the front, it would always leave a gap of like air in between the driver's head and the ground. Yeah. But that just got removed immediately. <laughs> I thought, well, that car yeah. was, I was like, wow. Yeah, that was just like, that was just silly. And the fact is, like, how it wasn't like they were on like a straight, like a like flying up. Like, it was literally just after the start. And they'd already picked up that much speed that that car can be upside down for that long at that pace and go into the barriers. Because yeah. the way that the way the original footage was, it was obviously falling in the front. And I was obviously just still, I was amazed by Lewis Hamilton's unbelievable start where he came from fifth straight through to third. Yeah. I was already so excited about that. Then in just the, the corner of my eye, I just seen the back. All oh, this carnage. Now I was like, what the hell was that? I was like, that, I was like, was that a car upside down? I was like, nah, 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 couldn't be a car upside down. The next thing I knew, boom, red flag. And you've seen loads of cars just like trailing about. Like you've seen Russell's car with no, no back wheel. You've seen, you've seen uh, Gasly's car was damaged. Like you've just seen all these cars with bits and all flying off. And then next thing you know, you just see goes on his car. But they wouldn't show his car for ages. And that was the thing that really worried me. Like they, like they, they showed every other car that was out, but didn't show goes on used car, and you're like, yeah. okay, something, something serious here is going on here. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what I thought as well because I was thinking I also saw in the background, like you, just it was like a very quick zoom, and it looked like a firework because you just see the sparks, and I was like, zoom, off it goes, and I'm thinking, was that a car upside down? And obviously, for the next hour, then they didn't show anything, but rightly so because they don't want if he's died for example they don't want to be broadcasting that and he has family and stuff also watching the race at home and it's not fair to i understand why they don't show it immediately they want to check that he's okay before they start broadcasting the a fatality for example uh which i completely understand but uh wow yeah and when you finally saw the replays i was just like that is that looks bad it means so far going across the the tarmac upside down then the gravel which should slow you down and then just before the barrier, just, uh, it dig, digs in and flips up. But I was thinking, imagine that it flipped up the other way and he landed with uh, like headfirst into the fence. That would have been even worse. Yeah. It was, like, it was, it was... All, almost like lucky he, he landed, yeah, sat down that way. But then obviously then it just fell then onto its head anyway. So I was like... Yeah. And credit, credit to the marshals, like they done a brilliant job getting that car out of there. Like, and uh, then obviously George, then George Russell gets out of his car and runs straight over. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, good. I mean, uh, good for George Russell. I mean, I know it cost him the race getting out of the car, but uh, I mean, it looked like it was a really serious crash, and he will, technically was the first on the scene, so he did the yeah. right. He did the right thing. I mean, I'd like to think I would have done the same thing yeah. at the cost of well, the race or not. I think a human yeah. life is more than the points. So yeah, because uh, Kyle Kyle Mylod came out and said that when he flipped his car back in the day, 
Russell was the first one he jumped out and then was straight over to him. But like, I, I don't know how he couldn't have like how how could you drove off and just watched another car sitting there between the barrier and the fence. Yeah. First thing it'd be would do be bounce out and get up. You know exactly. Yeah, I just uh, unbelievable. And uh, then it was just interesting to see Russell was like continuously like then running back to his car, talking with the FIA, talking with the marshal, trying to get it off the flatbed. <laughs> like he was, he was giving it everything to get back in the race. <laughs> yeah, because uh, it, it came out as only just a punt. All he had was a puncher. Like, there, there was no damage to his car. His car was sweet. He could have, and he, and he even said that if they didn't retire, he he thought he would have got P six. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, everyone then changed tires again anyway because they're allowed to under the red um, under the red um, flag. Yeah, I mean that accident was crazy. And crazy. Yeah, and while that was going on on one side of the track, you had Alex Albon on the other side. He got spun in, spun into the wall, and then he spun and took out like two other cars. Yeah, literally span into them like like dodging. Yeah. Like boom, boom, it, another one. It looked like Bottas had seen. Um, what was happening to Russell and Gojan Yu? So he slowed down, and then Alex Albon slowed down because of Bottas. But then Vettel didn't see them slow down, and he bumped into the back of Albon, which just spun him right into the, the other side of the, the track into the wall. And then he obviously bounced off that, and then came and spun out, and then clipped two other cars as well. And it was just, it was just absolute carnage. Yeah, absolute carnage. I couldn't believe how many cars uh, got back to the pits though and got fixed before before yeah, the race restart. Considering Ocon's, how many, co- yeah, because was it was Ocon's car whose whole front left, oh front right, sorry, was all was just all snapped. Yeah, wishbones and all the suspension yeah. was snapped as well. Unbelievable. And also, while that was going on, at the same time, there was protesters on the track. Yeah, absolute absolute joke, like embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, what a bunch of idiots, to be honest. Absolute, yeah. what a bunch of idiots. And to be because of all the accidents. They never got any screen time, and um, and quite a lot of people come out and said, "Well, they're environment. It looks like they're environmental protesters. They're all in custody. Uh, custody. They're all in custard. <laughs> yeah, all, yep, all in custard, sitting there in custard. <laughs> but what's hilarious is uh, F one will be completely sustainable fuel in in four years' time. Uh, yeah. It's the leading. Um, it's the leading force driven behind all hybrid engines. Everything is all the technology is coming from these engineers in the race cars. They're more efficient race cars than every car on the road. They're more efficient than any hybrid car that you currently have in production, unless it is a hundred percent electric car. Um, like it's the leading force in all of this environmental change. So for them to come out and uh, sort of try to make out <clears throat> or protest against environment, the environment at Formula One is actually ridiculous. But uh, some people are saying, yeah, it's not actually against Formula One, the protest. It's uh, just to get the um, audience and the screen time, which they didn't yeah, get. Yeah, because... didn't get. And the fact that they paid about a grand and a half to go to Silverstone, cheers, thanks for the yeah. free money there. And then, like, just go out and sit in tracks too. But, like, the reactions from the crowd were hilarious. Like, some guy shouted, how dare you ruin my Sunday entertainment? Yeah. Go kill yourself is what I heard. Go wow. Kill. Wow. I also heard someone <laughs> shout, run them over, run them over. As if, yeah, yeah. I, I, an F1 driver's going to hear that and go, oh, yes, I'll just run these guys over. Unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely unbelievable and a joke. Uh, they, went and, out, they went out and sat mm-hmm. on the track. Um, I mean, they were rightly removed, and the, yeah. the session was red flagged. It yeah. was lucky, and they didn't get any screen time. And yeah. and the marshals again did a great job of just getting them off straight away. Just well, they dragged them. They dragged them across <laughs> the grass. Yeah, just, you know, like when you pull it, you see a mum with a difficult toddler yeah. in a supermarket. Yeah, just like the body's gone limp. Yeah. They're just being dragged they're just off. The dragged track. everywhere. Hilarious, but stupidity at the same time. I absolutely stupid. Yeah. Well, the British Grand Prix had everything and um we've talked about the start i want to talk a little bit about what happened during the race uh it also had a classic max verstappen crying on the radio which i always love to hear oh like every single race it's it's just become boring now (laughs) this one i particularly enjoyed like something wrong with the car i've got a puncher i've got a puncher (laughs) he's like he was like he was like this car is 100 broken it's 100% broken. Turns out, actually, uh, he had floor damage. And uh, they said there was... Um, floor. The Venturi tunnels. It wasn't a puncture. It was uh, damage on the floor. 
uh, on the he had a hole on the Venturi tunnels underneath the car. Well, it must have been some hole to affect his performance that much. I know. What I did really enjoy was uh, Mick Schumacher nearly taking him at the end. That was lovely to watch. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people were uh, complaining about Max Verstappen's response and driving to that. Said that Max was too aggressive, pushing pushing Schumacher off. And the uh, the more the more the more he continues to do it, the more he'll get away with it because the FAA seems to do nothing about it. No, they will never do anything about it. And he's, I mean, there's one thing having a name as an aggressive driver. There's another one just running people off the track. I mean, I would say Kevin Magnussen is one of the most aggressive drivers on the track, but he doesn't run people into the wall or off the track. Verstappen does. Like you can see it last year. And he got penalties. Actually, he did get a penalty for it last year. He had to give the place back to Hamilton. Do you remember? He just ran Hamilton off the fucking road. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he's done that quite a bit because but someone tweeted, I loved Max Verstappen on his battle with Mick Schumacher. I was like, well, he has to back off. He has to, be, he has to now back off. Otherwise, we're both out. Luckily, he's smart enough to do that. And then continued to say, Max is a menace and the FAA lets it go unpunished. It's all fair play. This is unfortunate for the future of racing. Yeah. A hundred percent, because it's not racing. If you just keep running people out off the gravel, it's going to cause a serious accident. And he's just spitting his dummy out because he's in P seven. He's the points difference between seven and eight is not worth running somebody off the track. Exactly. Yeah, someone who's fighting for their first points in F one, then you're a world champion, and then yeah. he just does like he's just. I hate him. So there you go. <clears throat> also, I wanted to mention. Obviously, you could see how slow. Some of the cars are when they come off. Uh, did you see how some bad the cars are when they're coming out on the pits, uh, trying to warm their tires up? Yeah, yeah, really slow. And uh, we spoke about this in the previous episodes, but they are going to do away with tire blankets altogether. I just cannot believe how that is safe to do so. Yeah, I have no idea how, how that's going to work. That's the worst idea they've ever come up with, and I'm not sure why. It's you can't tell me it's just the sustainability or or any of this rubbish, like. If it's dangerous that they come out at racing speed and they cannot keep put the power down and they're going to cause an accident, which we're almost watching now with the lower temperatures, why would they ever, unless they need to change the tire uh, the tire compounds with the tires heat up quicker? But then we're going to go through more tires. It makes no yeah. sense. It makes exactly. absolutely no sense to me at all. Because even the enders and wets, they're still heated to an extent when they come out, and if they're going to come out in super cold, wet tires in the rain. You'll see someone, especially somewhere like that's really tight, like say Monaco or like even like back here or something, you're going to come out and try and heavy brake in the first corner. You know, it's going to cause accident, like accidents all over Saudi Arabia as well. If it rains, if it ever would rain Saudi Arabia during a race, like the, the exit's going to be the the pit exit's going to be mad. It's going to be dangerous. I think it's a huge mistake, and I think we need to go back on that idea. What will be interesting though is if uh, how uh, some teams will try to get around it. Maybe they'll just leave the tires out in the sun. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm well. I'm sure Mercedes will do something, and then Red Bull will be the first to complain. Hundred uh, percent, exactly. I mean, oh, yeah, it just makes no sense to me at all. But uh, I did also enjoy during the race uh, Ocon having a little uh, tussle with Max. Brought back memories of Brazil. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember when Max wanted to fight him and Ocon just laughed at him? <laughs> Ran over to start literally start an actual fight. We're like start pushing him. I'm like, oh my god, grow up. And to be Red honest, Max. Ocon will batter him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's, here first. there's no there's no other way to put it. Ocon will absolutely batter Max for stopping. <laughs> That's what she do in our next bonus episode. Who would win a fight? <laughs> I reckon, I reckon I could beat the hell out of Max Verstappen, but uh, but I suppose I'd be fooled just by pure by pure hatred. Uh, well, that and you could just hit him with the silver spoon that's in his mouth. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll fight him and not his dad. Oh, brilliant! Right. Yeah. So we um, do the rundown. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Oh, let's oh, before you start, sorry, I forgot to say. Did you see that Sebastian Vettel owns Nigel Manson's? 1992 race wheeling car. I know he collects old cars and old motorbikes, but I didn't know he owns. He owns yeah, it. Yeah, he owns Nigel Mansell's car, and he drove it this weekend as well. I, I saw that he drove it because it was his birthday this weekend. Uh, Sebastian yeah. Vettel's. Did you see the helmet design that he had? Yeah, it was class, wasn't it? For his kids. 
his three kids designed his helmet for his birthday. That was, that was brilliant. Great um, helmet design. But yeah, he, um, he absolutely loved driving Lando Monster's car. Oh, I, bet, I, bet it's cost a, I bet that cost a bit. Oh, yeah. You would say a couple of million at least. Yeah, 100%. I mean, he was a four-time world champion. He has the money. Just because he doesn't yeah. have the social media campaigns like uh, a lot of the other drivers. Yeah, he, doesn't do so, he doesn't do social media, so... Yeah, well, I think... I understand that completely. So, good, good on him. Old boy. Old boy he is. Old boy at heart. Yep. So, do you want to run through 2011? I'll do 10 to 1. Let's do it. Oh, you give me the easy one. <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd let you have it. All right. Here we go. This is the British Grand Prix rundown. In at 20th, also went to hospital... Alex Albon uh, actually registered as 20th because his car was smashed up sooner than uh, Joe Guan Yu's. Yeah, as we discussed already, he was hit by Sebastian Vettel because Vettel didn't see them slowing in front for the bigger accident up front. Albon was actually the only one that was flown to hospital just for checkups, but he is also okay. Um, he got spanned straight into the barrier by Vettel hitting him in the back, and then he then proceeded to, like a bowling ball, just bounce into more cars across the track causing a lot of damage in at number 19 one of the craziest crashes i've witnessed in a long time he's absolutely unbelievably lucky to walk away from that i'd love to even see what his helmet looked like like he must have been riding on his head at some point although the halo saved him yeah but the halo uh, took all the impact yeah but i think some of the gravel and there'll be some damage on the helmet there must be there must be but the Halo saved his life for sure. And to be honest, since they introduced the Halo, there's been a number of accidents that you can attribute to saving the driver's life. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Hamilton was one for sure as well when uh, Max Verstappen parked his car on top of his head. Yeah, yeah. In 18, George Russell, the um, yeah, Mr. Nice Guy, literally got out of his car to check that Joe Guan Yu was okay and cost him the race. Yeah. Uh, unlucky. He only had a puncture, but he could have got that definitely back to the pits. In at 17th, another DNF, like the rest, all DNFs. Uh, Valtu Bottas, he did get himself up to eighth, but uh, unfortunately had to DNF because he has a gearbox issue. It's a shame because I think he might have got something out of this race because he's a good, yeah. solid racer. Yeah, and he enjoys Silverstone as well, so yeah. it's a shame for him. Shame for uh, Alfa Romeo, to be honest. They, yeah, double DNF. Unlucky. In at 16, Pierre Gasly, another DNF. I didn't catch the reason. I didn't see why they he DNF'd to you. Uh, I think it was to do with his collision with Yuki Tsunoda. Poor day at the office for Alpha Tauri. It's a shame because you would expect them maybe to get something from this race, but uh, yeah, really poor. Poor qualifying and poor results. And they ran into each other, which is really strange. It was a really weird corner for it to happen, and they just yeah. ran, they just like synchronized span out on the same corner because they both tapped each yeah. other on the way in. Yeah, Yuki's came out and apologized for it all. <laughs> Did you hear his radio message after though? Like he completely just blaming Gasly immediately, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> swearing all over the place. So like, well, not sure. You didn't yeah. send it. <laughs> yeah, he was fuming, but uh, he's came out and um, apologized. He says, especially to my teammate Pierre Gasly. So it seems like it was just a heat of the moment thing where he's well out and just started slabbering, but that nah, he's realized actually no, that was by fault. Well done. Uh in at 15, Esteban Ocon, who I also was expecting to get something from this race, considering how far up the road his teammate was. Normally they're pretty similar pace, the two. Uh but yeah, in the end he had a fuel pump issue and he caused the final safety car that ruined Hamilton's race. Yeah. Just could not Definitely. get it off the track. That safety car, yeah, for a huge spanner in the mix, but it also created a really great racing at the end. So that was, yeah, that's a total of six DNFs, which normally I don't like a race based on how many DNFs they've had, but uh, it did definitely make it interesting. Yeah, a total of six was what? Well, all basically really, most of them from the first lap incident, but uh, crazy race, crazy, crazy race. Then Yuki Sonoda in at 14. Yeah. Poor race for himself, crashed into his teammate Pierre Gasly, made sure they're all dead last. It was a terrible day at the office for Alpha Tauri. So both Alphas, Alpha Tauri and Alpha Romeo, rubbish day at Silverstone. Then worst of the rest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Heard it here first. Danny Ricardo. 
Well, he actually gained a place since qualifying, so you could say he's uh, improving. Yeah, he's improved. Yeah, he's improved. <laughs> he's caught up one place. Good, good weekend all round for him. Yeah, considering the six DNFs, he managed to make it one place. Smart, nailed it. Yeah, nailed it. Well, I there's not much else to say. Ricardo is not going to be in the F1 much longer if he keeps doing stuff like that. So it's a shame. Last of the late breakers, some of the best racing I've ever watched has come from this driver. But uh, he he needs another car. He needs to maybe drive another car because the McLaren doesn't suit him at all. Yeah, definitely doesn't. Then another round of applause. I won't clap, but Nicholas Latifi. Woo! I have to, again, hats off. I was expecting, I was amazed that he got P10 in qualifying. Absolutely blown away. I was expecting him to crash, considering how many crashes there was. He was not involved in a single incident, kept his nose clean. And to be honest, the pace on a dry day is not in that Williams. And he managed to only drop two places. I thought he'd be much further down the pack. So that's a huge result. It's a shame he didn't get any points, but I still think it's a huge result. Uh, he wasn't that far off the points, but uh, he should definitely walk away and take that away, especially considering Alex Albon again is running all the upgrades. Um, okay, he DNF'd, but still kept his nose clean. Sometimes that's what it's all about. In at number 11, Team Canada always come in pairs. Lance Stroll, he was two seconds off the point, so unlucky. He was uh, pitted under the safety car as well, that helped him jump up. Yeah, the race car looks a little bit better than the uh, one-lap pace, but um, they capitalised. Uh, they, do you know what I mean? They started at the back and uh, managed to get something from the front. So, yeah, unlucky to miss out on the points, but Team Canada did, had a good race at Silverstone. Yeah, they did, yeah. Yeah, really good for once. Good showing by Team Canada. So, moving on to 10-1 to 1 in 10th place, Kevin Magnussen. By the time he's got back in the points... Uh, didn't pit under the safety car, so only pitted once. That was probably the best decision for him as he set out ahead of Stroll on Latifi. Good drive, stayed out of trouble. Net ninth, yeah. I was just gonna say, great recovery considering he started at the back. Yeah, that was a really good drive from Kevin Magnussen. Then ninth, probably surprising that Sebastian Vettel gets up the ninth place again, stays out, stayed out of tr- all the trouble, apart from obviously pushing Albon and. <laughs> to the back of all us. But from starting 18th to finishing 9th at Silverstone in a car that is not great. It was a really, really good performance. Good uh, good couple of points for his birthday. Great. Probably better than what I expected. And then you have to say probably one of the most feel-good stories so far. Schumacher finishing 8th, collecting 4 points. Yes, fantastic first, result. His first ever points in F1. Overdue. Because he's been close a couple of times. And uh, who would have thought you would see a Haas with Mick Schumacher battling on track with Max Verstappen? <laughs> oh, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. It was class to watch. And he was unlucky because he was faster than, than Max. But uh, yeah, ruthless Max, of course, won't let anything go. Not even one point, even at the cost of crashing the car again. Yeah, it would have been, been funny because I'm pretty sure Mick Schumacher's dad probably would have just drove. First up and off the track himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> there would have been some serious elbows out there if it was them too. Uh, but yeah, congratulations to Mick Schumacher. Hopefully he continues to score more points and uh, get us up there in them standings. Seventh place, another feel-good story of the day was Max Verstappen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he took the lead twice. Uh, yeah. Science made a mistake. Yeah, when I seen Science go off there, I was like, my good God, this is it. This is the race over I said in my... Friend Kyle, this is it done. That's first happened going to blow away in the lead. But thankfully, thankfully it didn't happen. Money Max appeared again, screaming about his issues with his car. Obviously, we've discussed he had some floor issues. Um, but you know, he lost a load of pace and he was not happy at all. Which was great to see when uh, he came out of the pits and uh, Vettel just strolled past him as if he wasn't even there. I loved it. That's when I knew this car and Verstappen are not happy here today, which I was like, ah, here we go. Fantastic. Uh, sixth place, another great drive by a British driver, Lana Norris. Good amount of points for McLaren. Definitely, that car definitely should not be there. 
<laughs> like that that car is not great, but again, Norris has pulled out probably a performance that Danny Rick can't do. He seems to get a lot more out of the car. And uh, he said kind of out of trouble, you know, he had a wee fight with Lewis, but he says that he said himself that Mercedes was far quicker, so he didn't want to spend too much time wasting with no. Lewis, so he, I mean, uh, he let him go in the safest way possible. Yeah, I mean, Lewis had, within a couple of laps, five seconds up the road, he was on it. Yeah, um, he did say Alonso was his battle, and unfortunately, under the second safety car, they didn't pit Norris straight away, set it for an extra lap and then pitted, and that allowed Alonso to sneak past, which was unfortunate. Then, speaking of fifth place, Fernando Alonso, what more can you say about the oldest man on the grid? He's he's just brilliant. Really, really good, solid drive. Obviously, Pip Norris uh, with a pit stop and got himself a decent amount of points. Just saying about Alonso, he was actually very no. close to, to the front pack. He could, he definitely could have got on the podium if there, there was another instant. He was there waiting like a fox, waiting to pounce. Yeah, he was very close to the action at the end. Yeah, he was. He was. He was up there. He was definitely up there. And moving on to the top four, so we have Charles Leclerc in fourth, who had a pretty topsy turvy race. You know, he damaged his wing at the beginning, clipping Perez maybe affected some of his performance. Um, you know, he took the lead and then for some strange strange reason, Fry decided not to double stack Sainz and Leclerc. Which they had they had the the gap to do it. There was about nine to ten second gap between both cars to to get them both in, but they decided to keep Charge Leclerc out on old hards and pit Sainz for new softs. Um and yeah, he kind of just there's there's not much you could do when everyone else is on fresh tires and you're stuck on old hards. He said himself he tried his best, but unfortunately he couldn't. Um, he had some great battling after the safety car with Perez and Hamilton. You know that was some really really good racing. A, a lot of respect shown, especially between Hamilton and Leclerc. They went around the same corner as when Max and and Hamilton collided last year. But you know even Hamilton said that's what happens when give each other the space and and Ian Leclerc was like you know we went around there and respected each other and Hamilton said actually it just it just goes to show that two cars can't get around their pace <laughs> I have to say it was phenomenal from Leclerc the, the the racing at the end of the end of this race was I uh, top quality all the way across the top four really top top quality it was interesting like you said he had five points less downforce and they said he had the exact same damage on his front wing that Perez pitted for. It's interesting, Perez finished in P2, uh, but uh, Leclerc finished in P4, only down to the tyres. So, I mean, just really interesting that he was still rapid with all that damage. Yeah, yeah. You know, it'd be interesting to see what happened if they didn't pit Perez. Would he have stayed? Would he have had the same amount of pace? But yeah. we won't know. And then third place, you would have to say disappointing for Lewis Hamilton to be third. Which is a shock considering the season that him and Mercedes have had. That he's really starting to come back into, you'd say, his form now. That's two podiums in a row. His 13th podium at Silverstone, which is a new all time record for a single track. 13 podiums at one track is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, he's phenomenal at Silverstone. He definitely gets an, uh, some energy from the crowd. I mean, he lost time in the pit. They had a, Mercedes had a really slow pit stop. But I think, like you said, it's disappointing. And the reason we say that is he was the quickest man on track by a long, when, by a long shot. When they were all on the hards, because Lewis Hamilton said it so long on mediums, he had a 14-lap advantage on Leclerc and 8-lap advantage on Sainz. And his hards had lit up and he was absolutely flying. If it hadn't been for that second safety car, he definitely would have took Leclerc. And he hundred percent. I think he would have took Saints. Yeah, I think he would have won it. I hundred percent believe the that safety car from Ocon ruined his race because everyone came got a free pit stop. Everyone came in for softs. He obviously had to match them, or else he'd be left out like um, Leclerc was on old tires. Even though they were still fairly new, but everyone was going to be on soft. So. It just worked out really badly. Like, like yeah. again, a safety car ruined Hamilton's race again. I know. 
I know. And um, he said himself when he was coming in for the pits, he says, or the, when he came out of the pits, sorry, he goes, are these softs really the right choice? Because he knew that he wouldn't be able to fire them up. Yeah. And he said himself he couldn't get the tyres heated. He had a slow pit stop, safety car ruined him again, you know. And this is now the longest he's went in a season without a race win. Uh, yeah, because if he'd won that race, that would have been matched the previous result. So Yeah. He's only went twice in his career where he's not won for 10 races and then he wins on the 10th. And this is years, unfortunately, he hasn't done it. But he will, I think if they keep going with this car, he, he will get another chance to win a race. Yeah, I hope so. Um, and then in second place, Sergio Perez, carrying Red Bull this weekend. <laughs> Absolutely phenomenal drive, you have to say, from getting damaged front wing and replacing it at the start of the race. So working his way through the field, he would have scored a good amount of points anyway. But the safety car done him wonders. It bunched him right back up behind Hamilton and Leclerc. So yeah, the safety car working wonders. One driver, safety car ruining another driver's race. But no, well done to Perez. Brilliant drive. I Shannon first happened again. Obviously, first half had damage, but Perez's race craft again just shining through. Yeah, I mean, you have to don't write Perez off. He is second in the championship. He's ahead of Ferrari. Yeah, but will will Red Bull stick to the word and say yes? These guys can race each other. I highly doubt it. If <laughs> Please, I, I I think that as soon as Perez starts getting close to Verstappen in the points, they'll be no, no, no. Verstappen's number one driver. He's going for the championship. You're not. Hundred percent. Well, I think he signed a contract with that team that he was second fiddle yeah. anyway. It's, as much as you want to say that it happened at Mercedes, it didn't. They allowed, they allowed the drivers to race as much as they physically could. Yeah, oh, well, up until a point, and I think that was the right way to do it. They said, I mean, after I think two-thirds or three-quarters of the season was done and it was clear that it was not possible for the other anymore, then it was, if it comes down to it, then you support the other driver. But of course, like, if you've not been quick enough all season, I understand that. But we're only at the halfway mark. That's definitely... Yeah. And, and they're very close. And it's not like someone's running away with it. Like Exactly, that. yeah. Like, like um, Bottas was, was, would race Hamilton the whole way through. And then, as you said, you know, if it became mathematically impossible for Bottas to win it, that's when they'd be like, okay, you, you support Lewis. But that, that didn't happen until you would say probably a race like maybe 15, 16, maybe even 17 like that. Whereas Red Bull have already played their hand of team orders. Yeah, and that was a few races ago. And that was a few races ago, which is embarrassing because, you know, obviously Max is protected and, you know, is the greatest driver of all time. And then first place, unbelievable drive. His first win in his 150th race. Carlos Sainz and it wasn't like he was you know saved by safety cars or anything like that you know he drove really well he battled well with the other cars and he pulled the strategy himself Ferrari told him to, to have it after the safety car to leave a 10 car gap as a blocker between him and Leclerc and he said no he goes you're not using me as a blocker for Charles Leclerc I'll win this race. Rightly so. And to say that to Ferrari, and if, <laughs> like, to go, I will win this race. And to be fair, he went out and he won the race. Yeah, he needed it. He needed that bad. And uh, fair play to him. He deserved it. He got the pole. He was quickest man most of the way around. He did make a mistake. But, um, yeah, luck was also on his side. Like, even though he made a few mistakes, he the strategy came into his hand, not Leclerc's. So, but it's funny Ferrari tripping over themselves again, making poor judgment, poor decisions. Uh, I heard that um, Ted has come out and said he thinks, like a conspiracy or theory, that maybe Ferrari were a little bit afraid of the uh, the chaos they caused at Monaco where uh, they messed up the pit stops. They didn't want to double stack them because... That's we made such an error at Monaco trying to double stack them that they're worried that they've they they would ruin the race, so that they were a bit afraid to do so based on whatever debrief they had based on Monaco. So, oh, yeah, congrats. I heard that one. I heard that as well that they'd uh, potentially be scared of what they've done. 
But uh, yeah, congratulations on the signs. He needed the win. He, he stuck at it. Uh, it all fell in his hands. Like, with that, out that last safety car, he might have lost out to Hamilton anyway. But um, it was interesting. Did you see after Bonotto telling Charles Leclerc off, but don't you dare come out and uh, complain about Ferrari strategy? Yeah, pure, <laughs> pure, pure, pure finger pointing in his yeah. face like a, like a dad or a teacher. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't you dare criticize Ferrari and their strategy. Because he's a bit of a sport brat sometimes as well. And he would come out and say the wrong thing. But Ferrari, yeah, to be fair, they let Sainz get away with it. And they were they were quite lenient on Sainz, actually. They sort of said, you need to get your times into this uh, sort of delta. Okay, can I have one more lap? Probably one more lap too late. But they gave him the lap. They told Leclerc, look, we've told him he has one more lap. He has to hit this delta. He didn't hit the, he didn't hit the lap time. He had to let Leclerc pass. But it came to him anyway in the end. So yeah, because even when he was told to let Leclerc pass, he didn't argue. He just goes, "Okay, that's fine." He goes, "Yeah, well, wow, it's a team game." Off it goes. Oh, but funny because he let him pass. So Charles Leclerc can't argue. Like it doesn't always fall your way. I mean, look at Hamilton's year so far. Nothing's really fell his way. So yeah, exactly. I was gonna say, did you see what Sainz said about Hamilton after the race? Even in his oh. uh, in his uh, podium interview as well, he's just like. I heard Lewis was on it. Was Lewis on it today? I heard he was really on it. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they got in the cool down room, he was like, I heard you were on it. I heard you guys are back. <laughs> like, <laughs> genuinely worried. <laughs> I love the fact that after the race, Perez and Sainz were in the cool down room for ages, waiting on Hamilton. He was just downstairs, casually chatting away to Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah. Just, just like, Tom Cruise got his arm around him, like, yeah, don't worry about it, mate. You you were definitely gonna win that one. I know it, I know. It. Oh, don't worry about it. Just having a proper giggle. Him, his dad, and his brother, and Tom yeah, Cruise. With Tom Cruise and Science and Prayers just sitting there like like oh, okay. <laughs> just just waiting. And it I was crying with laughter that no offense to like this person, but Red Bull had Rylan as their guest. With Gordon Ramsay. It was weird. Yeah, and then Mercedes go, okay, you have Ryland and uh, Gordon Ramsay. We'll just bring Tom Cruise. Sure. Sorry, <laughs> what a C. C, your level Red Bull, and up it by about a thousand. And do you, uh, Damien Lewis was there as well, but I didn't see who he was with. Did you? Yeah, I seen Damien Lewis. He's in the background when they were talking to. Um, they're, in the, they're in the pit lane, and uh, he was just lingering around the background. He was also on the podium, right to the side. He was, I don't know how he got all the way up there, but he was, I was, I was like, how is Tom Cruise not up there? But Tom Cruise is like <laughs> chilling uh, at the podium. You see Tom Cruise is chilling <laughs> with Perez's dad and yeah. uh, Anthony Hamilton, Hamilton's <laughs> dad. And the three of them have got this weird bromance on, all, like, <laughs> arms around each other, like, way. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Proper dad bromance with Tom Cruise. Yeah. It's, it's, so, it's so weird. It's so strange. Yeah, I enjoyed it, though. Really good. Tom Cruise giving uh, Hamilton a debrief. He's probably going, he had a fancy flying a fighter, a fighter jet with me. I'm sure Hamilton would be like, yeah, mate, I'll try anything. You get me in that plane, I'll fly it. Right, it was a great race. The British Grand Prix really delivered. Really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, that was that was absolutely amazing race. Probably the best race this season. Even if you took out, like I said earlier on, if you took out the DNFs, it was still... It's still the best race in my eyes. Silverstone always produces a phenomenal race. And a phenomenal race weekend. You just don't get a crowd like it anywhere else as well. The crowd were brilliant. I, I particularly enjoyed the woman who took advantage of the red flags. Um, who it was just briefly in TV where she was caught just standing across the gravel tra- um, trap with a um, case of four, or four pints. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else seen this. Please, no. if you did see it, please leave me on comment. The camera briefly went on her and she was just, it was just like four things of like recording or like dark fruits just in her hand. She was just dandering past like unbelievable on the track. And I was like, how the hell has this woman got here? Why is no one doing anything about this? I was like, how has no one else seen this? Oh my God. I I if, anyone, if anyone else seen it, please get in touch with us. That was, it was so surreal. Just a random thing to see. It was briefly on for like two seconds and that was phenomenal. But no, that was a phenomenal race and probably the main thing to take away from it is Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes back. Are they back? Are they going to do what Helmut, what Helmut Marco was afraid of and clean up? Let's see. They look quick. They look real quick and race pace look good. Let's see. It was hard. Uh, I don't know if it's the quickest car, but they've definitely made progress. I mean, let's see. Well, bring on, well, bring, bring on Austria. 
It's a downforce heavy track. It'd be nice to stick it to the Red Bulls at their home their home Grand Prix. Uh, did you see the interview with ha- uh, Gene Hass at the end, the owner of the Hass team? Yes, he was wearing the tightest top he could find, tucked into his jeans like a typical American. <laughs> yeah, he said uh, he thought qualifying at the back was a bad idea, but turns out it was a it was it was bad. But it turns out it was a good omen because you missed, yeah. missed, <laughs> missed all the carnage. <laughs> yeah, fair play. But I just couldn't stop laughing how how he was dressed. Oh, typical American. Where they wear it up to their nipples, the, the jeans, everything's tucked in dead tight. But uh, did you catch the Matez notebook? Uh, I've seen some bits of it, yeah. I've seen the fan who had a cutout of a goat with uh, Lewis Hamilton's face imposed on it, <laughs> which was hilarious. And then Ted signed it. Yeah. He also signed a dishcloth with uh, high yeah. head on it as well. Yeah. He, he said this is the, this is the smallest signature he's ever done. He was also trying to get on the Drive to Survive team that were filming in the back. Did you see? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to say some controversial quotes. <laughs> he's like, he's like, that, that won't get me on. That won't get me on. They're, they're not even rolling. This is great. And the other thing I noticed is apparently Williams aren't talking to Ted for some reason. That was interesting. He had no information on uh, Williams. So the oh yes, I heard you. I want to say more, but I have no more information on that. Yeah, strange. They wouldn't. Uh, the PR team wouldn't talk to me. <laughs> I was like, yeah. why? Why? It's really weird. I wonder if he said something off the cuff and maybe, they've yeah. been like they've been like, nah. Maybe he's nah. pulling maybe he's pulling an Alex Ferguson and refusing to talk to the BBC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. That's that must be it. Well, that's my roundup uh of the British Grand Prix, the upside down race. Wow. Really, really great weekend. Great weekend for motorsport. Yeah, brilliant, absolutely phenomenal. And uh, the next race is Austria. And as Don mentioned before, he's going to be there. So we'll have some extra content um, for that podcast. And uh, We've also both bought the new F122 game. And we've decided to do a quick podcast about that to give our review and feedback on the game. We'll have some interesting opinions on that, as we've already had some very interesting and strange things happen in that race. A lot of rage. <laughs> a lot of rage. Uh, but we have an online career going on just with me and Dom, and then we have an online league going on with me, Dom, and our friend Dougie. Um, so, yeah, it'll be some interesting facts and uh, opinions on that race. Yeah, I'm also going to give you a little bit of information. I went to a DTM race this week that I wanted to just give you a little uh, bit of it's motor racing weekend in, in Germany. I went to give you a little bit of heads up what that's like, and anyone's ever interested in going to a, a different racing events, it was really good. Really, It's done really, really well. Uh, it was a really great weekend. I'll give you a bit of debrief on that as well. So yeah, so so and say thank you for listening to myself, Ryan, and uh, and Dominic. This has been the F1 Purple Rain podcast. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side. And join us next week. Thanks everyone for listening. If you'd like to get in touch, please write into the podcast at f one purplerain at gmail.com or get in contact with us through our Instagram page at f one purplerain.